folks. Welcome to the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Flicker, and it's October, and I think a lot of you know what that means. We have a very special hospitality series for you. Here at Jackson Lucas, we represent many of the top hospitality companies, but more importantly, anyone who knows me knows that I have a very special place in my heart for hospitality and all of my hospitality clients. So please remember to subscribe and share with your networks and enjoy the series. Good afternoon, everyone. Today I have a very special guest. Um, this is actually the first of our hospitality-focused series, and I have Sean McAteer with me, and Sean is the Senior Vice President and Global Head of Doubletree by Hilton. How are you doing today, Sean? Hi, Lisa. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks for asking. So Sean and I were just chatting offline. Sean happens to know both me and my husband, which is always kind of a fun thing. You get to see kind of both both sides of the of Lisa Flicker. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So Sean, I I look at your LinkedIn and I see that you've worked for Hilton for a really long time. Tell me a little bit about your how long you've been there, your current role, and how you've kind of progressed through the ranks. Yeah, well, I've been there now officially over 31 years, <laughs> which wow. is a long time. It's kind of a, a little bit of a dream come true, believe it or not. So, um, you know, I've uh, I've had the chance to see Hilton really change a, a lot since 1992. Um, and, yeah, I've, pr I've progressed uh, uh, in, in a good way. Uh, hopefully uh, it's more about the impact that I'm making versus the number of years that I'm counting as, as part of a Hilton. But it's really an, an honor and a, and a privilege uh, to be with a company that long. And, and also just to kind of go through the ebbs and flows. It's, uh, you know, it's a very different company from where we were in 1992. And there's peaks and valleys when you spent 31 years with a company, but uh, a lot more peaks than there's been valleys for sure. Well, it's certainly a great company and 31 years is something to be celebrated. You don't hear a lot of people staying yeah. in one place for 31 years. How did you get into hospitality? Well, that's simple. Uh, my father, um, my dad started as a, as a bellman at the Betsy Ross Motel in Fayetteville, North Carolina, when he was 14 years old. And wow. um, so, you know, I, uh, even to this day, my dad is now 83. Uh, and just, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I just, um, he was my, my idol, my role model, and I just wanted to follow in his footsteps. And uh, thankfully, I followed into something that um, as I got into it, it became less about just following him and more about something that um, I absolutely loved to do. But, you know, he was my inspiration and I just wanted to kind of do what he did. And so that's what led me to start doing some small jobs and go to school for it and then eventually uh, join Hilton and spend 31 great years with them. That's amazing. And I feel like to have a father as a mentor is is such a special thing not that many people have have that so um, yeah it's, true it's so i'm sure there have been challenges that you've had in your career has there have there been any like pivotal challenges that you really can like think about that have led to your professional rise yeah you know um i think i was reflecting on one challenge that i had this was back when i was still uh, working at the property level so I've, I've spent about a third of my career working in hotels before joining kind of the, the corporate ranks and 
Um, so I, I remember a very unique point in time, and I learned uh, a, a very valuable lesson that I still share with, with people I mentor today. And I went through a period where I had, I had started in a role. I was actually reporting to three general managers, and I thought things were going great. I had been in the role for maybe about a year. Um, and was getting really nothing but good feedback from them. And then um, my regional VP calls me one day, and, and he worked out of the Waldorf Astoria. So he says, hey, I want you to come into the Waldorf Astoria. I just got to go over a few things with you. So I go from taking New Jersey transit from my, from my job in New Jersey over to the Waldorf Astoria. And lo and behold, he gives me a completely different picture of how things were going in the view of these three general managers he took two hours to walk me through the challenges. And I just remember to this day, I mean, that was back in, in 1999, walking back to the train station, uh, mortified with what I had just heard. And, you know, you, when you go through something like that, especially it was so different than what I was hearing, a lot of emotions go through you. Sure. And I remember just saying to myself, you know what? Do I just need to kind of, you know, tell these guys to take a hike and go do something different? So uh, I listened to my wife uh, and she says, you know, you oh got to give yourself. <laughs> yes. Give yourself one sleep. <laughs> so I did that and I, I kind of woke up with a refreshed mindset in the morning and, and kind of the lesson to me was when you go through challenges and whatever they may be, this was, you know, there's a, lo a, lo a large variety of challenges anyone's going to face in a career. You can either let them take you down. You can get bitter towards them. You can have a negative mindset or you can absolutely hit them head on, accept them, swallow them and learn from it. And I remember the next day I drove to each of these three general managers and I said, thank you for the feedback. May not agree with all of it, but I accept it. And I'm going to change your mind about what you just shared with my boss. And three years later, I left um, New Jersey to take on a, uh, my first corporate role. And, um, you know, I left those three general managers and they, they could not have been more supportive uh, to me and really helped lead me to, you know, uh, a next really big job going into the, into the corporate space. So a complete 360. But I, I, I think I did that because I just was willing to accept it and hit it head on versus um, just kind of letting it, you know, sink in and never really addressing it or leaving, you know. And so I've just found that sometimes challenges are best just to kind of accept them and hit them head on and deal with them and learn from it. So that was a that was a, a, a very pivotal time in my career back in 1999 in New Jersey. And it's so interesting because the seat I sit in, I always hear about the challenges once somebody is in a role. And I feel like hit it head on. That is such valuable advice for people who are starting in their career or even deep into their career. Because I think what people do when the going gets tough really defines them. And all great leaders go through challenges. But the way you take those obstacles and do something like that and turn it into a, a, real, a real opportunity is is so incredible. And I think, you know, when we search for people, one of the things I always look for is longevity in a role. And it's amazing to me how many people don't come in with the attitude that you have and say, you know what, I'll, I'll accept that feedback and I'm going to make it better. And I think that changes the nature of every relationship and people just respect you more for it. So, um, yeah, 
I, you know, yeah. the, the other, that's a, I think I agree with those points tremendously. And the other thing I just was, was thinking about is that when you go through these valleys, um, you know, it's a chance for, for victory and to have this sense of accomplishment. So I'm a big baseball fan. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a baseball team and you win the world series in four straight games and you, and you wipe out your opponent, yeah, that's going to feel great. But if you're like the Washington Nationals in 2019, who didn't win a single game at home, had to come back in every game, and it was this amazing comeback game after game after game, that that sense of accomplishment and victory going through those valleys, if you will, during the World Series, gave them this greater sense of accomplishment and victory. And so sometimes going through these valleys is going to do that for you. And uh, so not only be willing to accept them, but be glad that they are there because you grow from them. Do you think you learned that from your dad? You know, um, probably, I would say maybe more indirectly, you know, my father's situation was, you know, he went to work for 14 at the age of 14 because he had to, um, you know, he was in a family situation where, uh, it was just him and his mom and his, his two brothers and, um, you know, his mom didn't work. And so he had to go to work at 14 to support his mom and two brothers. And so you want to talk about a valley. That's a valley I've never been in. Um, And it has led to this amazing, you know, career. He's actually even still working to this day. (laughs) He's 83 years old. He's got a small hotel company and still going. Of course he is. When you have that grit. Yes. It's what keeps you going. It's what keeps you going. When I work with, with people who have risen to the top and they're, they're still working. I think if you take that away from them, they it's it's a big gaping hole in their lives. So um, I, yep. kudos to them. So I guess with all of that, if they, you're somebody in the younger generation listening to this, Sean, is there any advice in particular that you would give to somebody who's first coming out of school or starting out in their career and they want to be the next Sean McAteer? Yeah. Well, I, I think... Honestly, in any business, but in particular in hospitality, this is a business of human connection, uh, relationships, and uh, it's that way in any business, right? I mean, uh, you're going to be successful based upon uh, how great you lead, treat, care for people. Um, You know, I I think in this generation, you know, we've gone through this at Hilton too, right? Just coming out of the pandemic where everybody's working from home and now we're kind of in in a hybrid environment. Um, there's a tremendous amount of power and presence. And so when you're physically around people, you can connect deeper with them. You can relate to challenges and problems better. Um, there's a point in time for like what we're doing right now. We're doing something virtually and I think it's a powerful tool, but there's a lot more points in time where you have to create relationships and connections. And that has to be done in a physical way. You know, I, I can't remember where I heard this, Lisa. And I'll tell you a real quick way I've tried to apply it in my career is there's power and presence. I've just said those three words over and over. And um, when we all moved to McLean uh, and brought our, our headquarters to McLean and we had a new CEO, Chris Nassetta, um, you know, I've had the privilege of being in many meetings with Chris. And um, I remember the first time I ever sat in a meeting with him we're in this big boardroom, you know, and I'm probably somewhat terrified, even though Chris is great. I mean, he is just, you know, just like he, he is just this magnet. Like you want to be around him all the time. 
And so I said to myself, and I'm a very introverted person, right? So I, the, the thing I want to do is go to the other end of the room and be as far away from him as I possibly can because I'm probably scared of that. I made it a point to say I'm going to sit right next to him. And every meeting I've ever been in with him, I have always either negotiated, bartered, or pushed somebody down to the other end of the table so that I always sit right next to him because when I'm in his, when I'm that close to him and I'm in his presence, then I have more power than when I'm sitting at the other end of the table. And so, um, you know, the closer you are to somebody, the, the, um, the better you're going to be. And so my message to this, any generation really, and especially the next generation is you're going to have to place a very high value on being around people and, and placing um, relationships at the top of your priority list. It's as simple as that. I really couldn't agree more with that. And so it's interesting because obviously the pandemic led us to a very technology-based world, um, sped it up. In your business, is there anything that really you find impacted and has changed by through the technology, through use of technology? Uh, so here's how I look at um, technology just in general in our business. And of course, you know, you have all of the, the hybrid work environment, and that, that could be a whole other podcast, you know, right. for what it's <laughs> worth. My own, my own personal opinion is I like the hybrid environment, um, but not – it can't be fully remote, right? There's, there's, there's I think um, it's great to have, you know, a day or two a week where you don't have to commute. Uh, you can be at home, make the best use of evenings and mornings. But, you know, three days in the office, to me, my own personal opinion, that's kind of a sweet spot. But, hey, listen, from, from a technology as it, as it works in hospitality, I'm going to give you a, a perfect example. So several years ago, we created something that we called Digital Key. And so that's just your ability to use your phone, to buy, you know, check into a room, pick a room, which is a big competitive advantage for us. You know, pick a room from a map on your phone. Go straight to that room when you arrive. You don't have to check in. You're not seeing anybody when you go to the, you know, you bypass the front desk and you use your key to unlock the door. We call that digital key. So, and that is you do digital check-in and then you have digital key to actually get to, to uh, enter your room. Great technology, right? I mean, it just makes things frictionless. It's, it's easy. Um, you know, you don't have to spend time waiting in a line, which is huge. But the way I look at it, and I, we, you know, you can have this debate sometimes with even our, our, our owners is that, you know, okay, could that replace people? You know, can I have less people working at the front desk? And I, I started my career in the front desk, so I'm, I'm pretty partial to it. My resounding answer to that question is uh, absolutely not. What, it, what technology should do is enable more hospitality. And so when I was checking in people to front desk, you know, working on a DOS-based system, all this craziness, my <laughs> head is buried in a computer that's probably taking me five minutes to go through all these steps to check somebody in. Today, I can now, you know, move out of a front desk and actually just meet people in the lobby, welcome them. How are you? How was your trip? Do you need anything? It can take 10 seconds. But now I'm providing the act of hospitality, whereas before it was more of a transaction so I can get you away from me and to your elevator and to your room as fast as possible. So th that's, I mean, we can talk about hospitality tech all day, because that's one example. It's 
within Hilton, I think we've got a great advantage. But what it should do is make the make life easier for the traveler and enable the hotel team to actually provide the active hospitality in new and better ways. I love that. And the digital keys, I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you how many times I went into a room and then I put my key near my credit card and then you can't get in and you're locked on the floor. So I am a huge fan of those, the key on your phone because that you never leave without your phone, right? It's uh, that's a good <laughs> And then you just, you just yes. go to the front desk for the chocolate chip cookies. Um, yeah. So what trends do you see that you think might be significant in the hospitality industry. I love thinking yeah. about the future of hospitality. Well, you're asking so many great questions and we just, we probably need to do like six or seven podcasts and like do some double clicks and all these questions. So listen, you could go through a bunch of things here. We could talk about food and beverage, m and you know, all the work that we're doing, uh, you know, at Hilton and, and across the industry on, on sleep. Here's something you, 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 you'd see this a lot all right, today, but I think this is something that we're really focused on, especially within our, our category is, so if you look at um, a hotel, that is real estate, right? And so sure. you, have all of this, you have all this square footage inside the box itself. And then, you know, depending upon where you're at, you may have, you know, uh, half an acre that you're sitting on, you may have, you know, 10 acres, which is going to vary widely, right? Depending on whether you're resort, suburban, and a tight site, say in New York. But at the end of the day, we as hoteliers, we look at rooms, you know, go and sleep there. Let me give you a breakfast and I have meeting space. You have a meeting. There is a ton of square footage either in the hotel itself or outside of it, you know, within your land, if you will, that can be better monetized. And so there are a countless ways that you can activate your hotel outside of the traditional use of a hotel. So, you know, here's a couple of examples at Doubletree, right? We've got, you know, several hotels, uh, my sister brand and Hilton hotels and resorts does a lot of this too. Top golf, right? I'm sure people are familiar with top golf. Well, top golf has a product top golf suites where you can kind of, you could take meeting rooms and turn them into top golf activations. We've got uh, our Doubletree, uh, uh, one of our double trees in Memphis that's owned by the Coopers where they've got a top golf set up in their bar. And so it just creates a lot of activation, more bar business for them. Um, we've got a hotel, a double tree in Sonoma out in the wine country that just installed a bunch of pickleball courts. So pickleball is this, <laughs> this huge thing. <laughs> I mean, there's just, you know, it, 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 there's, you know, we could spend a lot of time looking at examples, but, to me, a really exciting use, especially from an owner point of view, is how can I get greater income out of this real estate and this asset? And it can go beyond a room and food and beverage and meetings and events. And so I would say activating in a, in a smarter way and optimizing all your space is, is a big part of our future, uh, whether you're on the brand side, whether you're on the operation side, or whether you're... Uh, like your husband Russ, who's you know owns hotels, uh, there's lots of advantages to just a better use of that real estate. Can you tell me? So there are a lot of people listening who really would want to go into hospitality. How would you, when you say on the, I mean I know, but when you say on the brand side, on the operations side, could you just take a minute to talk about if somebody's coming into real estate and in particular into hospitality, what that 
from a basic level might look like? Yeah. So like what I just walked through, I, I think you've, I'm going to call them partners, right? So you got kind of, if I, if I take, you know, uh, any double tree, you're going to have, first of all, the owner, right? The, the, the individual or the company that owns that asset. Um, and then you're going to have the operator. So the operator, um, and by the, sometimes they can be both. Sometimes the owner also operates the asset, but you know, Hilton, as an example, uh, we operate a lot of hotels around all all over the world. We don't really own that much anymore. We're really more of a fee based business these days. We used to own a lot of real estate, but then we spun that off. Um, but you have the operator, so they're they're you know working with the hotel teams. They're in charge of operating the the property, and they work for the owner. Um, then you have the brand. So the brand is the franchisor. The brand is you know the flag on the building. We have. Uh, a, a big series of standards by which you have to operate um, by to make sure that we're creating uh, a brand. In this case, for my brand, you know, globally, we're in 54 countries and almost 700, 700 hotels around the world. And so, you know, I want to create a brand that customers really love. And so I'm going to have this set of standards that create a, a brand that people love. And so you have me creating standards, making sure that I have the, I, the identity and people that are operating in a way that makes sense for me. And then you have the operating owner. So typically, you know, the owner is going to have a license with me. They're going to sign a license to be able to use my name and use the Hilton name to actually own that asset and fly my flag. And the operator is a really important component because so much of our standards today fall in the lap of what an operator is responsible for. So, you know, there's, there's other people involved, but those are the, I think the three big kind of, you know, sides of the partnership when you're looking at a, at a, at a hotel asset. Thank you. That's really helpful because I know it's second nature to you, but there are a lot of people who listen who are thinking about going into hospitality and they don't even know the difference between kind of the different pieces of it. So they just see sure. a beautiful hotel and assume it's all one owner, you know, Hilton, and that's it. So that's that's great. Um, and kind of in that vein, with today's ever-growing hospitality market, what do you think makes a hotel or a brand really stand out to its guests? So I'm going to, I'm going to use a, a word that maybe you're, you're not anticipating. And I think what makes a brand um, stand out is how it makes you feel. And so in any one of us can go and, and create, you know, the next best food and beverage concept, or, you know, I think we happen to have a pretty big lead on the technology space, but technologies can be replicated. Um, you know, we can go down the line of the physical parts of the building there are, we're all trying to really create differentiation. Uh, and that's, and that's, that's difficult. So two things I would say, um, uh, I'll use a Doubletree and a Hilton example. Um, for Doubletree, what we're trying to do is make you feel like you're at home. So let's, let's use our, 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 our warm signature welcome. So hopefully everyone who's listening to this knows when you check into any Doubletree around the world, we're going to greet you with this warm chocolate chip cookie. Best and party that is, <laughs> I look forward to it every time. <laughs> so there's a there's a bigger meaning to why we do that. Yeah, we want you to you know have the cooking, enjoy it. But um, the founders of DoubleTree way back, we, so our brand was founded in 1969. The founders in the 80s were working on how do we create differentiation within DoubleTree, and ultimately, there's a long story how they landed here. But the the founders felt like when you were given this this uh, warm chocolate chip cookie, 
it might remind you of your when you were a kid and your grandmother used to you know cook for you at home or maybe it reminds you of your kids when you're checking in or you know i can use the example in china where um you know a chocolate chip cookie oftentimes the chinese travelers never even had one before it's really seen as a luxury so when they're getting one at a double tree in china it's a real surprise for them so whatever it is it's designed to just make you feel good right and so i don't know about you but I've had two wonderful grandmothers in my life. And, you know, if I have a warm chocolate chip cookie, it reminds me of when I was a kid being in their kitchen. That's a very good feeling, right? And so I would, I would argue most hotel check-in processes today don't remind you of your grandmother home or don't remind you of your kids. And so that's a way we at Doubletree really try to differentiate is by how we make you feel, right? And we do that through this kind of warm signature welcome. In the world of Hilton, you know, we are really endeavoring on this, this, uh, a promise to our customers, right? And so that promise is very simple. We just want to be, uh, regardless of the hotel, regardless of the brand, regardless of the location, we want to be reliable. You can count on us. And we just want to simply be friendly. And the better we can deliver on, on your experience being reliable and, and we just treat you like you're a friend, you know, that just makes you feel different. So, you know, like we, we say, when you come into any one of our hotels around Hilton, it just feels different. So how you feel is, I think, the way hotel brands, especially at Hilton, is how you create differentiation in the marketplace. I love that. And I... I love the chocolate chip cookies and I do, you know, I, I didn't really think about kind of the deeper meaning, but it does make you feel like home. It makes you feel yeah. grandparents, parents, just, it gives you that warm holiday feeling. Well, me, that's what it yeah, makes me. Hey, one more thing I'd mention real quick to this is uh, we, we just, uh, as part of this, we just launched a, an allergen friendly version of our cookie. And so um, a member of my team, her name is Kate Gillis. She really birthed the idea and, and brought it together. She happens to have a dairy allergy. And so today we have a partnership with a, a company called Partake. And they have, uh, we use one of their cookies and it's um, allergen friendly against the top nine allergens. And so what we're doing there is we're becoming um, even more inclusive with this welcome experience. And so, you know, there's 32 million people in the United States alone who have an allergy. And so now my brand can be even more welcoming, more inclusive. And if you have an allergy, I can now make you feel great because I'm doing something very specific and special based upon your need. And there's just one more way we can make you feel welcome, make you feel included. As a mother, I can tell you that is the most wonderful thing because there's nothing worse than checking in and one kid can't eat something and the other one can. Right. So I feel like <laughs> that inclusivity, I mean... That woman needs a raise. She she came up with something yes. brilliant. <laughs> so if you're listening, <laughs> go in and ask. Her. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll share this with her. She'll we'll have to work that into the into the plan here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, are there any recent trends that that have inspired innovation for DoubleTree by Hilton? You know, I I'd like to share an example um, with. Uh, a hotel we just opened in Abilene, Texas. And so uh, I think, you know, th this is not something that's that's new, but I think you're going to see, see more and more. But especially I think a lot of owner, a lot of investors are looking for markets where they can bring 
uh, an underserved location from a meetings and events perspective, but it's not, you know, big urban, right? It's not Chicago, San Francisco, New York. And so I don't know if you've ever been to Abilene, Texas. Uh, I have not. It's a, it's a, it's a very small town. Um, the people there are absolutely amazing and wonderful. Speaking of warm, <laughs> you would be <laughs> greeted in a very warm way when you went to Abilene. But uh, the owner there saw, I think, kind of an underserved uh, kind of meetings environment, also an underserved city. And so he, he built a brand new 200-room uh, double tree in Abilene, Texas. It's right across the street from what is a small convention center. But what that hotel is going to do is a couple things. Um, make this downtown area really thrive. So here's an interesting stat I learned when I met the mayor when I went there for the grand opening. When they announced the hotel, not, not opened it, when they announced it, they received 69 new applications for new businesses in downtown Abilene. Now, not all those will open, but I mean, just the influx of, of economic development was amazing just from the announcement. And now that convention center can go and attract a lot more business. And so that entire economy in Abilene, Texas is going to completely change because of one 200 room double tree. And so I think, you know, that's an interesting trend where you see owners that want to invest in smaller markets where maybe there is something that's underserved and really create a thriving economic environment in, in towns like Abilene, Texas. So that's a, that's a really interesting and unique trend for me. And I think that's also shows you the power of our business where, you know, I think if you, if you spend any time studying our founder, Conrad Hilton, um, obviously his vision is very unique to fill the earth with the light and warmth of hospitality. That will live forever, right? I mean, that is still as impactful today, 103 plus years later, as it was uh, when he first founded the company. I but think I we think have to say he... that one more time slowly because that is such yeah, a great. Okay. So, ahead, Conrad's say. vision to fill the earth with the light and warmth of hospitality. And so, that kind of gets back to what I was talking about earlier about like how we make you feel. He wasn't talking about, hey, let's have the best restaurants, the best meeting space. It was all about, another human being serving another human being and spreading the light and warmth of that moment. Simple. And, and but a very, very powerful. And so, you know, in this, in this example, you know, this owner in Abilene, Texas, you know, he's, he's certainly spreading light and warmth of our business, but he's also changing the lives of a lot of people uh, in that town. And, uh, you know, having seen and touched it firsthand, it just, so inspiring. And just to be a small part of it, um, just really, you know, I, I, I remember leaving there and I had, to, I had to drive back to Dallas and fly home from Dallas. Like I didn't need a flight to get me home. I felt like I could have floated <laughs> back home on the clouds. I just was so inspired by what this owner was doing in that particular market. So interesting trend. And I think you'll see more and more of it. That's the best. How far from Dallas is it? About a two and a half hour drive. All right, so, I may have to go check it out the know, next time I'm in Dallas. You're making it sound like okay. it would be worth the trip. So, uh, <laughs> well, if you if I'll you go, go there, you let me know, Lisa. <laughs> You'll put a cookie aside for me. Uh, yeah, may, maybe two. Excellent. So, um, what do you think the greatest opportunities for growth in the hospitality industry, especially in the upscale categories, might be? 
Yeah, well, I, listen, so from a double tree lens, I would say, um, you know, we're growing in pretty much every part of the world, but I think there's uh, maybe, maybe I would give you three examples. These are big, big places, right? Um, where I think from an, maybe from an upscale point of view, full service, certainly double tree, three markets, uh, Brazil, uh, Canada, and Asia Pacific. Now, Asia Pacific is a big place, you know, um, it's a, we call it a region, but it's just, uh, it's a really large place. Like we just opened a brand new hotel in Seoul and, you know, Korea is an amazing country and Seoul is an amazing city. I've been there a couple of times. It's huge. Like we should have three or four double trees in that market. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have one, but you know, there's, there's markets like that, um, that I think there's, that are just ripe for opportunity for, for growth within full service. Brazil's amazing, right? I mean, we have very few hotels in general within Hilton and certainly within full service, you know, 200 million plus people there, right? I mean, it, it is a big place. It's a wonderful place. The people there are absolutely fantastic. And I think Brazil's got a lot of opportunities and, and we've got a partnership down there where we are growing our presence for Devil in Brazil. In Canada, I mean, Canada is not the United States, you know? Uh, Canada is... Um, you know, it's not just the country north of us. I mean, it is a very unique place. Uh, and we, we have a lot of opportunities throughout that entire country to grow our full service footprint, especially for, for Doubletree as well. So those are, those are three, I think, big areas. I mean, we, we could pick off, you know, a bunch of places, but those are, you know, we don't talk about, especially Brazil and Canada a whole, a whole bunch. So those are two places in particular as well I, I wanted to highlight. I love that. And Brazil is just such a beautiful country. I mean, I feel like, to me, I understand why it would grow and thrive and be ripe for some beautiful double trees by Hilton. Yeah. So I'd love to hear, obviously, you've been doing this for so long, how you would define hospitality and maybe how Double Tree by Hilton has supported that vision for you. Yeah, so I, I've kind of have kind of said this to some degree. Um, to me, hospitality is just kind of this this act of serving other people, um, you know, and, and caring for them. I, mean, I remember, you know, when I first started my career, and I'm, I'm working at the front desk. Uh, I started off my first job outside of college. I did a lot of jobs within college. Uh, you know, I washed dishes, I drove vans, I was a waiter, I bus tables. I mean. Uh, I was a Bellman doorman. I, I did a bunch of things uh, while I was in school, which, by the way, back to that next generation, really important. Whatever it is you're going to go into, just spending time in that business while you're in school, really important. If for nothing else to learn, but also to make sure you love it, right? You've got to love what you're doing. And I ended up really loving what I was doing, but I mean, my dad got me into it, but I also affirmed my love for it. So that, that's really, really important. But when I first got out of school and was working at the front desk at the Hilton Atlanta airport, where I started my career with Hilton, I just loved serving people. I mean, that, that's what I was there to do, just to take care of them while they were away from home. That is hospitality. Now I try to do it in a way, like Conrad said, do it with a lot of light and warmth from my heart. But um, that's what hospitality is. And by the way, Lisa, it is, it is not for everybody. You know, serving the traveling public is not for everybody. Serving other people in a way that you're doing, you know, a lot of times people are going through, when you're traveling, it's not always the, the best thing in the world. 
And by the way, the hotel is often, well, it usually is the finish line. It's not where they're starting. So what you're going through to get there can be difficult. And so the way Doubletree does in a very unique way is to say, okay, maybe you've gone through a long day of travel. You finally arrived and I give you this warm chocolate chip cookie just to make you feel good. You know, and, and again, whether it reminds you of your, your grandmother, your kids or whatever, it just kind of uh, almost stops the travel path in its tracks and said, here's a nice, warm, caring moment just to make travel feel a little bit better for you. So that's, that's kind of a way that Doubletree um, really uh, brings to life this act of serving other people. And I need to know, so when people come over to your house, are you so tired of being hospitable at work that you're just, or is it, what's, it, what's it like at the McAteer house? Well, uh, I w well, first of all, I have a wonderful wife of over 25 years. Her name is Yvonne. We met in the business, you know, so. Uh, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, we are, yeah, we are, we are, um, we are two lovebirds that started off getting to know one another because uh, I was at the Hilton in San Diego. Uh, I was a beach and tennis resort. I was the director of front office. She was the director of housekeeping. Her name is Yvonne, and um, that's how we met. So we were a, we were a hotel love. But when so when you come to my house, you're going to get far more hospitality from her than you will from <laughs> me, just because like she was born to do it. You know, um, I just kind of let her take over. And you want to talk about warmth and love when anyone, whether it's my mom and dad or friends or um, other, other parts of our family come into our house. She just gives herself fully to whoever that is. And so you don't have to actually worry about what I'm going to do or what I'm doing. I just kind of, you know, step aside and she takes over and, you know, her endearing love towards one another just comes flowing out and she cooks for all of them and uh, takes great care of them. So I'm just, uh, I'm just there enjoying the love and care she provides and uh, it's, a, it's a nice way for our family just to provide uh, what we love. I mean, she loves, she's not in the hospitality anymore, but she loves doing it. And so I, I think she's kind of continuing her hospitality life whenever we have uh, people come over. Oh, you're a very lucky man. Not, not yes, many people sure. well, after all those, after 25 years, will have those same exact things to say. So enjoy it. You're very lucky. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm just, I'm just going to wrap up with, you know, a little bit towards the future. Looking ahead, um, if you could share with us how Doubletree by Hilton is planning to expand its presence and its awareness in the hospitality industry. I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Well, to, to tell you about the future, I'll tell you about the past real quick. So, you know, Doubletree is an amazing story. So, you know, I kind of look at um, 2008 uh, as a year when, you know, back in that year, we really only operated in the United States. We had about 160 hotels and we took our first two hotels international were in uh, the Cam Cambridge in the UK. We did a conversion there and we uh, built a brand new hotel in Beijing. And so we entered Asia Pacific in 2008 and the UK in 2008. So we were really one country back then. Today, you know, you kind of move the clock forward and almost 700 hotels in 54 countries, you know, we're a very, global thriving business, but we're not stopping there. And I, I think, you know, we're, we predominantly grow through conversion. So taking an existing asset that has a different brand on it and converting it into Doubletree, 
not in every market. Asia Pacific is primarily new build, a lot of new build in the Middle East, you know, et cetera. Um, but I think, you know, for us, we've got a pipeline of well over 200 hotels. Uh, probably by the end of 2025, we'll have 750 hotels operating. Uh, and we're going to be pushing over 65 countries by then. So when you see that kind of growth, and a, that's, that's a long way for a full-service upscale hotel brand to come since 2008 and looking to the future, adding that many more countries. And so why, why is that? You, you know, that would, if I was in your audience, I might say, well, you know, how in the world does that happen? Well, to me, I think it's pretty simple. Um, when you are a brand that does what we do, that cares for others, creates this kind of warm, authentic moment whenever you stay with us, that translates with travelers. We perform really well. And when we perform really well, owners want to join that, right? And so uh, that's, you know, it all just kind of comes back to this, the power of making people feel good. And when you do that, you create kind of love for your brand, your brand performs well, and that just kind of creates the cycle of more and more owners want to invest in your brand. Well, it's very clear, Sean, that you love your brand. So I think that's you love your wife and you love your brand. Very lucky. <laughs> and yes. although I am tempted to ask you to name all 54 countries, I won't do it. Oh, I won't do it. But, oh, I'll but, send I, you but I am tempted, so maybe <laughs> offline sometime. Well, John McAteer, SVP and Global Head of Doubletree by Hilton, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And I know there are a lot of people listening to this who really appreciate your advice and guidance. So thank you very much for your time. Well, Lisa, you're welcome. It was an absolute pleasure. And I just hope we get to do it again sometime.